0: Oh, you wanna? woo It's that woo woo. The whistles got woo. Then you got the flows. Decoration, man,
1: it's just yeah. for decoration. That's man. it.
0: it. Woo! Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Loose Lug Nuts, the NASCAR podcast by the average fan for the average fan. And Thomas, we're gonna recap the. Pretty exciting and chaotic weekend at the Daytona Road Course. Second straight week that NASCAR's been there. They'll spend another week in Florida at Homestead, Miami. But, Thomas, we had three really good races this weekend, and we'll talk about all three of them. What were your overall thoughts uh, this last weekend at
1: Daytona? First of all, I just want to say that uh, that intro song reminds me of Bub Rub and Lil Sis. (laughs) (laughs)
0: if you haven't way, seen but... that youtube if you haven't seen that youtube video i highly suggest that uh, it's like te- it's like 15 it. years old and never gets old it's or, yeah it's a classic uh before we get in we do have some big news uh we are now officially on spotify and apple Podcasts. so if you can't subscribe rate us unsubscribe re-subscribe uh make sure to give us a five-star review do need to get into logo though need yeah if that.
1: any if we have any graphic designers out there uh they want to give us, uh, we can either do free or we work in trade, um, food. We'll get you some food <laughs> or, or some course banquet. Um, for, uh truck notes, uh, Ben Rhodes back to back, uh, wins, uh, only the third time in truck racing history. Uh, he was, he, he was not dominant in the race. Sheldon Creed led for most of it. And then it went to triple overtime. And it's funny, the, i get these overtimes mixed up the first overtime he was literally he could see the checkered flag and it was similar to what they didn't or what they did with uh the actual daytona 500 race they pulled out the 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 yellow before he got the white so he was all pissed off and then uh he was winning handily in the second overtime, but then another crash behind it and he finally pulled it off and, uh, he got the yellow flag after a white flag. So he didn't cross the finish line, but in the third overtime, he was ahead when the the last yellow came out. So he's looking pretty good. Um, Sheldon Creed, one of my predictions was looking pretty good. It was a, it it was an interesting race and it brought out something I had never noticed all my years of watching NASCAR, One of the dumbest rules, and I never realized it, because I think most times when people run out of gas, it's at the end of the race. So they just stop or whatever. uh, John Hunter Nemechek, at different points, Jamie Little said he ran out of, uh, he had bad oil pressure, he had bad uh, fuel pressure. Uh, She said he ran out of gas, which is weird because it wasn't at a point where he'd run out of gas. I think it was more the engine wasn't getting gas. But he had to be pushed from the backstop or backstretch to the pits. So I figured he, he was out of the race. Like, you know, a mechanical unit helped your car go. But no, he only lost one lap and he finished third. To me, we've all seen the Olympic video of the, the the racer who like falls down like 20 feet from the finish line and his dad comes out of the stands and the mean Olympic guards like pushing away and the guy's dad's like no get away and he helps his kid finish. He got it did not uh, did not finish like that didn't count. Like how you getting your truck pushed by a pickup or a tow truck to get to the pit stops but then you only lose one lap and you can finish third is to me, rule number one in NASCAR should be no cars help you finish the race. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. That
0: seems interesting. I never really thought about it until you had uh, mentioned that it happened this weekend. But then I like I kind of see you kind of want it to be as competitive as possible, but I never really thought about it until this happened this weekend. Well, say you're golfing. Say you're like, golfing. I don't know if I like it.
1: Say you're golfing and you hit the ball into, the, uh, into the, the rough and you got Warren Moon in the rough and he picks up your ball and throws it under the green. They, to me, that's what that was like. I think yeah. uh, like a rule I would like to see because if I run out of gas on the street, my two options are I get the little red pal and I walk my ass to the gas station and then I walk my ass back. If they can come up with a mathematical penalty, which would be the equivalent of John Hunter Nemechek walking with a red pail to the pit stop getting fuel and then walking back to his car and that time is tacked on to the because to me no way should he finish third in that race because his car stopped
0: or maybe you should still push him through the pit stop but then maybe once they go green you have to do uh you know you know like when you get caught speeding down pit road you just kind of have to go 55 down the road maybe it's something like that so then you get you start a little bit farther behind than everybody else especially in the road course you're not going to get lapped but at least you're a little bit farther behind, and you don't really have anybody around you that can help you.
1: Yeah, that was I mean, that was possible. my big
0: that was my big takeaway
1: from the truck race was Ben Rhodes, Sheldon Creed looked strong, John Hunter Nem- Nemechek finished third, shouldn't have finished in the top thirty.
0: All right, so moving on on Saturday, the Xfinity race had the third youngest winner in Xfinity history, uh, Ty Gibbs, winning eighteen years old. He is the grandson of Joe Gibbs and it was his Xfinity debut and they did just announce that they're extending his schedule after this win. He'll be appearing uh, 14 times in that 58 uh, Toyota in Xfinity this year. Yeah, and it's uh, it, It's he was
1: to liken it to boxing, he moved up two weight classes. He, he's been doing the Arkham and Art series, so he, he basically skipped trucks and went straight to Xfinity and he, he was, Austin Sindrick, my my guy, I keep mentioning, he, he's not going to date me, uh, <laughs> he I, he finished second, he's first and second, he's definitely the racer to beat, and and he was dominant most of the race, but at the end, when you needed some skill to win, Ty, Ty was pretty strong, and uh, I mean, that to me, we're going to talk about it later, I think, with the NASCAR seeming to go more to road courses, Ty showing he could, he could race on a road course or something that'll that'll come in handy down in the future. And it was fun. He I'm a crier. I cry at weddings and one night his his post race, he was he was uh, full almost full on bowling which made me a little proud. So um, well, that, that's what him. I was gonna.
0: That's what I was gonna say. I thought that was very cool when he kind of got out of the car and then he kneels down right beside it and starts crying. And it was very similar. Uh, to Christopher Bell, who we'll talk to in a minute, his reaction of winning his first ever race. But I thought that was very cool and just kind of shows you the, you know, the passion and everything that goes in uh, to auto racing, especially in the Xfinity series where these guys are trying to make it. And they, you know, they put their life and everything on this on the line to try to get up to that final stage. I just thought it was really cool to see his celebration. And, And like to
1: have him win this early, it'll sort of alleviate some of the stuff like, Hey, you're just getting the, the ride because your grandson I know that's some of the stuff Ben Rhodes dealt with last year because his dad has a high ranking spot at one of his sponsors the last few years so to be able to show you can actually race and you're not I don't want to bring up the the racer Paul Menard (laughs) you know you just drive around because your dad's name's on the car it's good to show that he has skill to race so that's nice for the Gibbs family
0: And you mentioned uh, Austin Sendrick opened the year up with a win. Uh, Then last week at the road course, he finishes in second. So one, two to start the year. He also had a pretty nice race uh, in the Daytona 500. So early on, he's looking like a pretty darn good uh, young driver, especially in the Xfinity series.
1: And, you know, this day and age, you can't really pull ahead in like back in the 80s. You can run out to a big lead and coast with the new playoffs. You can't really do that. The fact that one of the other winners isn't in the points race because Ty's only, like you said, only racing 14 races. Like, it's him, and then there's a a gap between number two right now. And if it was old school, he would run away with it. But this is one of the things to play also to make it exciting down the end. It'll be sad if he dominates throughout. And then the last uh, race, he blows a tire on the uh, second (laughs) lap. and has to be pushed to the pits. But then comes back and finishes third.
0: All right, moving on to Sunday's road course. We have some sad news to report. The Wood Brothers did not get their 100th <laughs> win, so we might oh, get and that really
1: game. sad. Like he, like one of my early predictions is, I thought Matt makes the playoffs, but right now they're in 38th place, and they're, you know, it's early, but he might have to get that hundredth win to get into the <laughs> into the playoffs.
0: The Sunday's race was pretty chaotic, especially the last 15 laps. Christopher Bell gets his first career win and Thomas, this is the first time in NASCAR history since 1950 that we have had back-to-back first-time winners to begin the season. Happened in 1949 and 1950. Michael McDowell wins at Daytona 500 last week and uh, Christopher Bell wins it this week. And To to me, uh, on the tail
1: end of this, this might cause some chaos in the last couple races to get in uh, to the playoff. Cause with two of the spots already taken, I think you're going to like, I'm not sure people had, people definitely didn't have Michael McDowell in the playoff. So that's one spot gone. Christopher bell. I had him on the fringe making it in so that right now you have two spots. So it could come down to the end. Like it was last year where some guys are trying to get in and uh, need a win to get in in that last race. Cause I, I think I want to say right now, Kyle Bush is on the outside. It's early, real early. <laughs> the old, if the season ended today, uh, people would be really pissed off because, uh, you didn't run 34 races.
0: Well, you know, I kind of, I've kind of liked the fact that we've had two first time winners. I mean, it's not just your same old, same old guys. Like, you know, Denny could have very easily won the Daytona 500 and Chase Elliott could have very easily won Sunday. And it's just your front of the, you know, your front runners winning these races, but I kind of like that we have this competitive balance and it's guys that, you know, Michael McDowell ran a very good race against Daytona in the Daytona 500. Christopher Bell ran really well last year and this year he gets to move up to Joe Gibbs Racing and he had a really good car and he did everything he needed to to win. I thought, I, I like the fact that we've had two first time winners and it just hasn't been your, you know, your most favorite, or you know, the most popular drivers, uh, so to say, winning it- these races. And I think one
1: of the things we discussed was, uh, like, is Bell now a road warrior or will he need a couple more wins? Because he had an Xfinity win at uh, Road America. I mean, is he one or was it more because Elliot and uh, Truex got knocked out of the race? And by the way, when Elliot got knocked out, I... Like the only time I ever eat Hooters wings, like growing up back in the day, I grew up in I like to call it the golden age of wings. Um, I could get ten cent wings at the Oreo Cafe on Tuesday, uh, Thursday, Sunday, and uh, now a big wing deal is hey thirty wings and fries for like thirty bucks, and it was like, is it is it really <laughs> an effing deal? But uh, when Chase Elliott wins the next day, you get B O G O, and that's the only time in the last decade I've been to Hooters is after Chase Elliott wins. So when he crashed, I felt like you have another movie you haven't seen a Christmas story. I felt like when the Bumpus's dogs came in and grabbed the turkey out of the off the table uh, on Christmas Day and ran throughout the neighborhood with the turkey. Um, my bogo wings were taken away. Not but not to get off like it is. Do we think Bell's a
0: road lawyer? I mean, he's starting looking that way. He had a really good race. Uh, he did get into a little bit of trouble. Like, you know, he tried to pass Kurt Busch uh, to get into second place, messed up his fender a little bit. His car had a little bit of damage, but he, I mean, he was up near the top a little bit. The one time that they did screw up was at the end of stage one, everybody came into pit and he did not. And he, he, they uh, played the radio call over and he, he was asking his crew chief, you know, am I the only Lone Ranger out here? And, uh, you could tell he was the only one that stayed out and you could tell that those fresh tires hurt him. They dropped, I believe they finished around 20th in stage one, but they battled back. They had, you know, overcame some adversity early on in the race. And I mean, he looked pretty darn good doing it. Yep. I concur. So one of the things that you had brought up is, and we had talked about it, uh, when we previewed the race was how many road courses nascar has put on the schedule this year they added the indy road course uh the daytona road course came back you have the charlotte roval they're adding uh the america's Race over in austin uh it's to me like i think you're going to start seeing a lot more of these guys like almond uh who is a road course kind of guy uh he had a pretty good race he fell back a little bit but then worked his way back up uh into a top 10 finish but are we going to start seeing more of these road course guys enter into the uh, fold if NASCAR keeps having these road courses?
1: And and I think we ran the numbers like in in the regular season, it's almost twenty five percent of the, the the season is road courses with six out of the twenty six. Uh, just one of the ten playoffs, but it is a, a final for the top eight. To me, all. Dinger is a good high enough quality driver on ovals that it's worth putting him in a car because he might pull out a win in one of those uh, six races and get into the playoffs. And if not, he'll score enough points in those that I think he can linger around the, uh, the cutoff line for making the playoffs. So I don't know if a racers like him, and I know there was a while, uh, while back that they were getting a lot of the indie guys. I don't know if they start looking to that again to get some of those guys in the cars.
0: Well, it is interesting to me that you bring that up. Six of the 26 regular season races, there's a road course. Only one uh, in the playoffs. And as you mentioned, that's a top eight cutoff race. I, I think I would like to see one more in there just to kind of make it a little bit more balanced, maybe a closer to 20% regular season, 20% playoff.
1: Well, and it, it's funny because I when we went over a couple weeks ago, we talked about the seven mentally, I was thinking they were doing it because they have a oval race and then a road race and it saved money. Daytona. I looked at this schedule a cl- more closely. Like we deal with a lot of other stuff. So I didn't get a chance to analyze it. Daytona is the only place they're doing that. Like Indy, the, they're not running the oval race. I did not know that <laughs> the actual yeah. brickyard 400 is going to be the road course. And then Charlotte, it's the oval is one of the two stops they're going they're running the the uh, oval and then they're gonna run the road course later as the cutoff race so it, i just find that odd like i thought part of the reason they were doing it's to save money that apparently it's not and even the one in wisconsin like they're in pennsylvania one week and then they're going all the way to wisconsin and then they're going all the way somewhere else like i would have done that after michigan i i it's been a while since I took geography class and I know Michigan on the, uh, the Bruce Springsteen television ad, they forgot the upper peninsula. So I know where Michigan is, but I think it's right next to Wisconsin. So why you wouldn't That's right. like, it confuses me, but uh yeah, I think they should back end one and make it five of 26 would be about 20%. And then in your, playoffs you would have 2 of 10 and i'm running the, mat, the math and i think that's 20% so it'd be equal <laughs> for both yeah it is but I, I think you you'll see more more road course people hopefully getting some chances you know i mean I'm i like you. the oval, i like the oval stuff but i th- i thought it was this i this time around daytona Roval i thought it was more i liked it more than the last time I what, you still a, had a, some stuff like the infield you think's too narrow. Um, yeah. They could improve on it, but which is weird because the announcers love that fact. Like uh, Gordon and the boy were talking about how they loved you had the race to get from the four wide to the one wide.
0: Yeah, I mean it's just a different strategy. It just seems like the infield was a little bit too narrow compared to like the bus stop on the back stretch and the chicane on the front stretch. It was just that. And then when they did the restarts, everybody just gets bumped. That's where we saw Martin Truex hit Christopher Bell and a couple other guys get spun out. But I thought it was pretty entertaining, and I think it really tests the skills of the driver. You're putting a lot of pressure on the brakes. We saw Joey Logano have brake issues, um, the tires, the strategy. I thought it was a pretty entertaining race. We had – I thought the last 15 laps, There's a couple questionable cautions, but I kind of like it was a, there, at the end. there was a- – There was definitely, like, Elliot
1: was running away with it. And then there was that fake-ass weather yellow, which I don't get it. Like, you're going to throw a yellow, but you're not going to tell them they need to put on rain tires. Why throw the yellow then? Like, to me, unless you're mandating, they're going to put the rain tires on. It makes no sense to throw the yellow there. I know you're alleging it's for safety, but you're not telling them to put the rain tires on. And everyone just put the slicks on. So, basically, Elliot got screwed because that next start, he got uh, he got knocked out. Yeah. And then after that yellow, Martin got knocked out. And then you don't throw a, hood, a yellow when uh, Chase Briscoe's hood's freaking in his face like that. <laughs> I don't.
0: Yeah, Briscoe Brisco got into trouble. Uh, I believe it was when Elliot got taken out. Elliot was uh, trying to go for the pass over Kozlowski, I believe it was. And then got stuck in the middle of him and Denny, uh, got taken out, wiped out. And then Chase didn't see, Chase Briscoe uh, didn't see what was going on in front of him and just rams right into the front uh, back end of Denny Hamlin's car. And then he's going down the back stretch and the hood just flips over uh, his windshield. So, I mean, a spotter's got to get a raise or a bonus or something because he did a magnificent job, but he couldn't see for the longest time. And they, you know, Fox had the camera on the Top of his car, and you still couldn't see anything. And it's like, how do you not call a damn caution for this? The guy can't see anything. Luckily, he got to the pit road safe. Well, not only can he off, see, but, but at some point, the hood
1: could come off, and yeah. it's like,
0: you
1: know, I, you ever, you ever see a Lethal Weapon two? Like, I have no. nightmares. That, okay, we're gonna have to have a list of movies you need to watch. But there's a scene where uh, there's a a truck with a surfboard on top of it. In front of the car, and something happens where they slam on the brakes, and the surfboard goes through the guy's windshield and decapitates him. Like I imagine that happening with <laughs> the hood of the car going through and decapitating um, Quinn Hoff. You know, do we want that? Do we want Quinn Hoff decapitated? <laughs> no, no, especially okay. not the
0: main and tail double zero. Yeah,
1: uh, and then you mentioned wanna... you
0: mentioned Keselowski. <laughs>
1: To me, just amazing he finished top five because he had an awful like beginning of the race. Every time they showed him, he was wheel locking, wheel hopping, rear-ending somebody. Just and you mentioned some others that yeah, had Bush good races. You yeah. that had good races, but then weren't in the top ten.
0: Yeah, you know, Kurt Bush was leading the race and then he dug up half the infield when he got loose and uh, wheel hopped and ended up in the grass and didn't split the or you know damage the splitter or anything like that so that was pretty surprising but he was able to fight back and get a fourth place finish Michael McDowell was the one that uh, caused the first uh, caution flag uh, he ends up finishing eighth Kyle Busch you know had some issues he got a got into a little bit of a wreck had some fender issues on the front right and he was able to get back and was kind of battling and then uh, him and I, I forget who the other driver was that were, they were going back and forth he pretty much had to come to a halt there right by the uh, start finish line but he ended up finishing uh, mid-30s so not the finish that he wanted but he was able to battle back so there's a lot of these guys uh, you know Chase Elliott got spun out he got uh, pushed out by Corey LaJoy uh, he was able to you know he dropped down into the low 20s and you know finished 21st and then same thing with Martin Truex where he got into a little bit of trouble and he comes back and finishes on um, the top 15. So there's these guys that were able to battle back and get back to the front after sustaining some damage early. And I I'm, I'm starting to think when it comes to Michael McDowell,
1: I'm a, uh, I'm a average prognosticator. Like <laughs> Like, I have a crystal ball, but it's a foggy crystal ball because I I called him as one of my – I don't want to call him a schlep that would win the Daytona 500, so I sort of called that. But then I sort of called him crashing on the first lap (laughs) because when we were going over our winners, I was like, Chase Elliott's going to run away with this unless Michael McDowell takes him out on the first lap because I I hadn't got the mathematical formula where they were starting yet, but I figured uh, those two would start at the front. And Michael McDowell sure is uh, shit. He didn't take Chase Elliott out, but I predicted he would crash. So, So, Michael, if you want to send me money, I can tell you what your future is going to be like.
0: (laughs) All right, before we wrap this up, I just want to take a look. We know it's early. Uh, Just a look at the season standings. Denny Hamlin in first with 104 points. Joey Logano in second. Kevin Harvick in third, Christopher Bell in fourth, and Chase Elliott rounds out the top five. McDowell in sixth. A big surprise in this one, Ryan Priest is in seventh, Kurt Busch eighth, Austin Dillon ninth, and Brad Keselowski tenth. I think the biggest surprise in there, obviously, Michael McDowell, but also Ryan Priest quietly having a good first two races, and he's currently in seventh. But, again, it's still very, very early, uh, just two races into the 26th race regular season. And I feel bad because I, uh, like, I thought Ryan Priest was going to be good
1: last year. And then after his year last year, I sort of wrote him off this year. So maybe he is, uh, last year was weird. Uh, and uh, I think we mentioned that with the uh, the possible rookies of the year. Like, it was hard. People were just thrown in the cars. And I think maybe, uh, maybe that year was just the practice for everyone for this year or so.
0: Well, that's how the standings are, 1 through 10 after two races, Thomas. It was good to uh, get out of Daytona. We're going to stay in Florida. next race will be this Sunday at Homestead, Miami. We'll preview that either Thursday or Friday, depending on the schedules. But once again, it was good to uh, get another episode in. We are live on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Make sure you subscribe. Thomas, thanks for joining me. This has been another episode of Loose Lug Nuts, the NASCAR podcast by the Average Fan for the Average Fan. Well you wanna whoop it's that whoop whoop. The whistles got whoop. Then you got the flows. Decoration,
1: man. It's just man. for decoration, that's, that's it. it. Wee-wee!